Yes? You ready to study the Bible? Yeah? You ready for church? All right, open your Bibles. We are actually on our last week of this short series. Um, It's really just a vision series. Um, Every September, I like to do something just to remind us of the vision that we have for Ignite because we always have new people coming in. Maybe you've just joined us this summer, and and this is good for you. Um, Also, we have freshmen every year coming in, so I like to just do a vision series at the beginning of every school year just to remind us of who we are at Ignite and why we do what we do. So the first week, we talked about how the body works together, right? The body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, we see that Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, likens the body of Christ to an actual body. And he says that every member is like a physical member of a physical body. So a body without two arms is still alive but can't function nearly as effectively. And so what we saw is if we as a body want to function as effectively as possible and do the work that the Lord has called us to, we need everyone to take part. We need everyone to be a part of this thing. And so the first week we talked about uh, impact teams. And so we had our first impact day last Sunday, just a couple days ago. That went really well, by the way. If you weren't able to be here, we missed you. Um, it was a great time. We met in impact teams. We planned for the next couple of months. Uh, we, we did some planning for our girls and guys sleepovers. Um, girls sleepover. Manly man camp out for the guys. It's different. And then we also started talking about, we started brainstorming other events. So in October, we might see a Fortnite-themed paintball extravaganza. It's just different. Yeah, we had, we had a blast. We were just brainstorming. And uh, we prayed uh, for the ministry. We did lots of things. It was a blast. And if you're not on an impact team, you can be today before you leave here. You can join an impact team. Just grab one of those cards back at the black table that Xander talked about. And you can join an impact team tonight for the low, low price of free. What could be better, right? Jesus, Jesus, or a free thing at the concession stand. So make sure you grab a a concession stand. Make sure you grab an impact card from the table or at the welcome counter. So look at the impact teams if you want to join one. You got worship and tech and inreach and outreach. But that's how we do ministry around here. And then last week we talked about our vision at Ignite. Does anybody remember our vision statement for Ignite? Sarah always remembers things. Sarah, do you remember? I'm going to put you on on the spot. Yes, to spark the hearts of students for God and his word. Sarah, you get a free thing, and you get a free thing, and you, no, just Sarah. Sarah, you get a free thing at the concession stand, because that was awesome. I put you on the spot, and you delivered. So, in reach people, remember, Sarah gets a free thing. So, to spark the hearts of students for God and his word, that is the vision of Ignite. It's, it's more than just a catchy statement that, It's like, oh, that's why you're called Ignite, because you got the word spark in there. It's more than that. It is the sole reason why Ignite exists, because if if you can have your heart sparked to love God and to love his word, you, you will be different than most people. You'll not only be a Christian, but you'll be a Christian who truly loves God, who truly loves his word, and thus is gonna spend the rest of your life trying to do what God wants you to do. And, and that's a big deal, and so we try to do that here at Ignite, is to bring you guys up through. If you come up through Ignite from freshman to senior or however long you'll be here, our goal for you is to get to the point where you just fall in love with God and fall in love with his word. Not just because you go to church, but because you understand who God is and you have a relationship with him. And that book is more than just a book. It's how God talks to you. That's where we want you to get. And tonight what we're, we're going to see is our mission 
here at Ignite. And I don't want that to screw you up so that you have to, oh, what, how many more catchphrases do I have to remember? No, 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 this one's really easy. The mission is how we accomplish the vision. It's, the vision is the vision. It's, this is what we want to do. How do we get there? Well, that's the mission. That's what we have in front of us tonight. That's what we're going to see tonight, the practical side of how are we going to accomplish the vision for each and every one of you, but then also for impacting our community, because that is the point of the series, is making an impact. There's a famous quote by a missionary whose name was C.T. Studd, which is just an awesome name, by the way. I wish my name was C.T. Studd. But C.T. Studd was a missionary in the 19th century, and he was a missionary for 45 years in, in the 1800s, by the way, so before planes, trains, and automobiles, or, well, some of those, before the internet, before Skype, before being a missionary was, you know, just getting on a plane and going to another country. He was a missionary when it was hard. He was a missionary in remote parts of China, India, and Africa, so not even in, like, Europe, like, the hard places, before there was easy modern transportation. And C.T. Studd was a missionary for 45 years until 1930 when he died, and this is a famous quote. This might be one of his, uh, this might be his most famous quote. I don't know if it's on the PowerPoint or not, so just listen as I read it to you. He said, some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. I love that. That's awesome. This guy was like, listen, some people want to live within the sound of church or chapel. What was he saying? Some people are just comfortable being at home, going to their church. A good church is a good thing, but CT's like, man, there's work to be done. I don't want to just live a mile away from my church. I want to run a rescue mission shop within a yard of hell. People who are on their way there, he's like, I want to rescue them right before, pull them out of hell's clutches. And all that means is he's like, listen, I'm going to the least reached countries in the world. So I'm going to China in the 1800s and Africa in the 1800s, completely unreached. Today, still not very reached. But C.T. Studd would have been one of the first people over there doing what other people wasn't. And I say that just because, listen, I, I, I want Ignite, well, let me say it this way, I don't want Ignite to just be a place where teenagers come on Wednesday nights because we have a cool building, because we have a band, because we have a cool place to hang out, because your friends are here, name your reason, X, Y, Z. I don't want this just to be a place that you come on Wednesday nights, simply. I want it to be more than that. I want this to be a place where you gain a passion and a zeal for God and his word and it changes your life and it changes your future and your only desire, regardless of where God takes you or whatever your job is someday, regardless of where you live, your only job, your only desire is to run a rescue mission for lost people because that is what God has called us to do in his word. And as you can see, if your heart is truly sparked for God and his word in high school, when you grow up and you're 20, 25, 30, 35, no matter what your job is, no matter how big your family is, no matter where you live, if your heart has been sparked for God and his word, it doesn't matter your geographic location or your occupation. I'm trying to think of another Asian word. Those were just coming to me. It doesn't matter what any of those things are, your job and your mind and your heart is going to be reaching lost people. That is the mission. That's what I want to see you guys become before you graduate high school because there are so few adults out there who genuinely love God and his word and genuinely live to please him 
and to run a rescue for people. And I'm not saying you have to be a career missionary or a career pastor to do that. It doesn't matter what your vocation is. If you truly love God and love his word, you can spend the rest of your life doing the work that the Lord has called you to. And so that is our vision at Ignite. It's our mission. And the way that we will accomplish that is through, the. we've said this before, and I've got it posted a few places, is love, learn, lead. It's really simple. It's not even my own. I stole it from somebody. I don't even remember who. That's, that's how cliche love, learn, and lead is. But it's really good because it's a path. It's a three-step process that I hope you'll all embark on together as you go throughout your high school career. And as you go from love to learn to lead, you don't stop loving or stop learning. No, you just graduate to this next step where you're loving even more, but learning even more. And then eventually you're loving and learning, but then you're leading. And hopefully by the time you're a junior or a senior in high school, you're not coming to Ignite anymore to see what Ignite can give you, but you're coming to Ignite to see how you can serve others. That's the goal. That is the mission. It's how we accomplish the vision, is love, learn, and lead. And we're going to see that tonight. And to see that, I actually want to go back to Paul's story. We saw the story of Paul's conversion last week and how Paul wasn't just saved, he was sparked for God, right? Yes, he was converted and he went from being a lost man who persecuted Christians, but it was more than that. He, he became so sparked for God that he became the famous Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. And so I want to go back to his story and see the progression, we, in three verses in Acts 9, we'll see a progression from his salvation all the way to his leadership and ministry. And really, that is going to come down to our love, learn, and lead. And so really, if you want to write those down, number one, two, and three, your blanks are love, learn, and lead. And then we're going to look at the bullet points in between. So if it helps you to pay attention better, write them in now if you want. But we'll start with love, number one. But let, let's read. If you've got your Bibles, go to Acts 9. If not, it'll be on the screen. And let's just read those three verses, and we're going to see the progression that Paul has from the moment of his salvation all the way up to his point in leadership and, and serving in ministry. So verse 18 of Acts 9. Th this is right after, if you guys remember, that Ananias guy came and laid his hands on Paul like God told him to. Okay, this, this was a different time in history. When you got saved, nobody laid their hands on you, and then the Holy Ghost came into it. It's, it was a different time, but that is how Paul got the Holy Spirit, so that's how he got saved. So verse 18, and immediately, this is the moment of salvation, there fell from his eyes as it, as it had been scales. Remember, he was blind because the, the light that shone. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Now, if you're just reading over this very quickly, this would seem like just three simple verses that are outlining what Paul did that day. But I want to show you guys that God's word is showing us the progression that we should take to grow in our faith as, from the moment of salvation all the way up to the point where we're serving in ministry. And we can break it down into our love, learn, and lead mission. So let's see that with love number one. It ignite the first step in your growth is love. And that love is twofold because the first thing is to learn to love God. Because if you're not saved, you need to get saved. It, it, you can't be a part of the body of Christ if you don't have a relationship with him. And so our first goal and the reason that we do Wednesday nights and the reason we do outreach events and the reason why we do Bible studies like at Buckeye and stuff like that is so that we can see kids come to know Christ as their savior. And so that is the first part of, lo first part of love 
is you need to come to love God as he loves you. That's salvation. Maybe you've already done that. Maybe you haven't. But then the second part, after you've learned to love God and see how much he loves you, is to love others as you love yourself. And Christ tells us that in Matthew 22, this twofold mission of love. In verse 37, Matthew 22, Jesus says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, see, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Often called the golden rule in the secular world, but really it's the first commandment, as Christ says in the New Testament, is to love God and to love people. And so that is the first step. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, then let me just explain to you very quick that your sin separates you from God. And the reason that Christ came to this earth, the reason God came to the earth in human flesh and died on a sinner's cross is so that he could pay your penalty of sin. He died your death. He died in your place because the Bible says that we're all separated from Christ because of our sin. We're all, the Bible says, um, separated from him. We, we, none of us are any good when it, it comes to comparing to God. And so what he had to do was lay down his own life to pay for our sin. But that doesn't mean that everyone in the world gets to go to heaven. No, he gives everyone the choice to accept that gift for themselves or not. And so God offers the opportunity to you today, whether you want to reciprocate his love back to him. He gives everyone a choice. He gave Adam and Eve the choice in the garden whether they wanted to obey or not, and they didn't. And he gives you the choice today. God never overrides your free will, and he gives you that free choice whether you want to love him in return as he has already displayed his love for you. The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. All we're doing is returning that love, and if you wish to do that and haven't already, man, the Bible makes it easy. All you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and the Bible says in Romans 10, thou shalt be saved. And man, if you've never done that before, it doesn't matter if you've went to church your entire life. If you've never done that, you need to do that. You don't get to go to heaven because your parents go to church. You don't get to go to heaven because you go to church. You get to go to heaven if you've given your life to Christ and allowed his blood to pay for your sin. And that is the first step. And I tell this to you not to Bible bash you or anything like that, but just to be honest with you that if you want to live in heaven and eternity with God, that is what the Bible says it takes. And by the way, that's a really easy deal to make. It's a really easy transaction to trade this life for eternal life. It's an amazing thing. But that is the, far, the first part of love. And I know many of us in here have already done that. So the second part is now take that love that God has shown you and show it to others by doing ministry, right? What's ministry? Meeting the needs of others in love so that we can show Christ's love to them. So love is twofold. It's learning to love God. It's, it's learning to reciprocate that love back to God, but then it's learning to love others as ourselves. And that's kind of a lifelong journey, isn't it? <laughs> to learn to love others as much as we love ourselves. Because I don't know about you, but I love me a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, it does, I don't have to think twice about getting food when I'm hungry, going to bed when I'm tired, I do whatever I need all the time because I love myself. Maybe you've never thought about it like that. God tells us to love others as much as we love ourselves. That's a lifelong journey. And that, that is hard, but that's part of the first step. That's love, and that, that comes with salvation. So that's, that's that first bullet point. Sorry, I got off on a little bit of a rabbit trail there. 
And we see that salvation as he gains his sight. It says that there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. So when he got saved, and we see this all throughout the Bible, that a blind person gaining their sight is a picture of salvation. Because if you were, if you're saved today, before you were saved, the Bible says you were lost, you were blind. You were blinded to the truth of God. And then when God showed himself to you, the scales fell from your eyes, and you understood the truth. That is salvation. In John chapter 9, Jesus heals a blind man, and we see that picture of salvation because the Pharisees are trying to rip him and say, don't you know that this Jesus guy is a sinner? They didn't like him. And look at verse 25. The blind guy didn't know who this Jesus guy was. He says, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. He says, I don't know who that guy is, but dude, before I met him, I was blind. And now I see. Look, he's evangelizing. He's sharing the gospel, and he, he doesn't even fully understand it. Once you get saved, as long as you know your story, you can share the gospel with other people. That's what he was doing. But that's the first step. Get saved. Gain your sight. If you haven't done that, man, you can do that tonight before you leave. You aren't going to grow here at, night, at Ignite without being saved. You can come. Please keep coming. Enjoy it. Have fun. Fellowship. But listen, you won't grow until you have a relationship with God because he's the one who does the growing. Okay? And then we move on to the next thing is sanctification, which it'll be on the board. It's a big churchy, bible word. But all it means is set apart or holy, or righteous. That's all it means. And we see that because Paul changes his position. Paul was sitting, and it says that in verse 18, there fell from his, his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and he arose. He got up. He changed his position. Sanctification means you change what you were doing. <laughs> you get to a different position. You get set apart. You become holy. You become righteous. And Paul changed his position from sitting to standing after salvation. You can't clean yourself up for God. If you've ever thought, man, I, I, God won't want me how I am. I just, I need to get my life together. I need to get things changed. And then, no, no, no. You can't clean yourself up for God. He does the cleaning after you get the sight. That's his job. And so this is, we see this progress, this process with Paul. He gets his sight and then he stands up. He changes his position. It's the sanctification. It's a, it's a picture. So let me say this. Maybe you are saved and you've been saved for a while. Maybe you've only been saved for a couple weeks. I don't know. Maybe you're saved, but you're still clinging to your past. You're still sitting down. Maybe you're still clinging to some old friends that bring you down when you hang out with them. Maybe you're still clinging to some old sins Man, it's time to stand up. It, it's time to get going. It's time to get growing. Ephesians 5.8 says that for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Listen, Christian, if you're still sitting down and still clinging to those old sins that were sending you to hell, why, why would you be clinging to those? Christ has set you free from those. Christ has gave you freedom from those in his blood, and so there's no reason to cling to those and let them keep dragging you down. Man, stand up, because Christ has unlocked those chains that were shackling you. Stand up. 1 Corinthians 6, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Here's, listen, look at this list. 
Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but, Christian, ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You were darkness at one point, Christian. Stand up. Christ has made you free from the penalty of sin and death. Be sanctified. Ye are washed. Ye are sanctified. Ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know what justified means? It means just as if I'd never known sin. That's an amazing thing. That long Bible word justified just means it's just as if I'd never sinned, man. And that's what you get in the name of Christ. You're sanctified, you're washed, you're justified. So it's up to you. Do you want to keep clinging to the sin that was sending you on a one-way ticket to hell? Or do you want to stand up and cling to the Lord who paid your price? It's up to you. And next, we see that he gets baptized. If you look at verse 18 again in Acts 9, it says he received his sight, he arose, and was baptized that's next in the progression, and it's important, the order. I want you to notice, he is baptized after he's saved. Do you know why? Because in the Bible, baptism is a picture. The word baptism literally means immersion. It means immersed. And that immersion in water is just a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It's a picture and nothing more. It's a step of obedience because Christ has asked you to do it as he has done. It does not save you. The waters do not wash away your sins. If you're baptized as a baby, it does not get you into the kingdom of God. It is, it is a picture of obedience after salvation. Paul is baptized after he's saved. All throughout the book of Acts, people getting baptized, it happens after salvation. That's a key for your growth. Matthew 28 is the famous Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. The teaching comes after the baptizing. You, you grow after baptizing. So, so here's the thing. Baptism is not essential for your salvation. You don't have to get baptized to be saved. But if you want to grow, you got to obey what God asks you to do. And so it's often called the first step of obedience in your walk with the Lord. The Bible doesn't call it that, but is, it's a very true saying because it is the first thing that Christ asks you to do after you're saved because it associates yourself publicly with what Christ did for you and with the person of Jesus Christ. So it's, it's obedience, it's, it's baptism, it's nothing more than a picture, but it is important and it comes after a few things. See that? That's all part of love obedience, sanctification, salvation, that's all part of the first steps. So if that's where you're at, good. Stay on the, on the right track. But then number two, we get to learn. Because after Paul does these things, he gets, gets his sight, he stands up, and then he gets baptized, then he really starts learning. Not that he didn't learn anything before. Clearly, he learned some things about Christ before he got saved. But check this out. Look at verse 19. When he had received meat, he was strengthened. So he got him some food. Okay, what's the significance about eating some meat? Well, in the Bible, do you know what meat is a picture of? The Bible. <laughs> That's important. Hebrews chapter 5 tells us that everyone that uses milk 
is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Babies drink milk. Judah is almost four months old now, and he only drinks milk. I offered him a french fry the other day. He didn't want it. He wanted to mush it around and play with it, but he didn't want to eat it. He wouldn't have been able to, I don't think. Well, Brooke wouldn't let him eat it. I don't know if he wanted to eat it or not, but Brooke wouldn't let me give the baby french fries. He drinks milk, and at a certain point, he'll stop drinking milk for his main sustenance, and he'll start eating big boy food, meat and potatoes, right? Because your body grows to a certain point where it needs more than just milk. But in those infant stages, you need the milk. If he doesn't get milk, he'll starve to death. And so this says that when you're a baby in the Lord, when you're a newborn in Christ, you need the milk of the word. You need the easy things to understand because you're a baby. But when you start growing and you start learning, that's when you start chewing some meat. Because verse 14 says that strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. There's some milk in the Bible. Salvation. Some really easy things to understand. The Lord's goodness, joy in the Lord, peace. There's some really easy things to understand in the Bible. There's some really hard things to understand in that Bible too. You can spend your whole life studying and never crack the, the surface of the depth of the Bible. But strong meat comes to those who are full age, who have grown a bit. So Paul goes from getting his sight to standing up to getting baptized to starting to eat some meat. He's learning now. He's learning in the word. So let me ask you this. Are you eating meat? And if you're a baby in Christ, are you drinking milk? Are you getting fed? That's the question. Because in the Bible, the Bible is food. So if you're not growing, Christian, and you felt like you haven't grown in a long time, have you opened the Bible? Do you come to church regularly? Because here at First Baptist, man, our pastors, we spend a lot of time cooking. <laughs> getting into the word and making home-cooked food for you that we don't buy on the internet, that we don't throw in the microwave and nuke for you that someone else taught. We're cooking home-cooked meals for you so that you can grow. And that's what a pastor's job is. And so if you're not coming to church regularly or you're not opening the Bible on your own to eat, man, you're starving yourself. You're not gonna grow. You're gonna stay a baby. And it's okay to be a baby for a little while, but you know what? After about 20 years, you should probably be a little taller right? Babies are cute, but 30-year-old babies aren't. They're creepy. We got to grow a little bit. So if you're saved and you've stood up and maybe you've even been baptized, but you don't feel like you've grown in a while, are you eating? Are you getting in? Maybe you come to church regularly. Good, good job. Do you get in the Bible personally on your own daily? Maybe that's the next step you need to take. Maybe that's your next step in growth. Next, check this out. Look at verse 19 again. After he received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus. What's significant about that? He was hanging out with the disciples, learning from them, getting stronger. That's discipleship. That's discipleship. That's what we call here burn. So burn, if you don't know what this is, is it's just a, a series of lessons that we've put together that are geared towards high schoolers to teach you more about God and his word. But the lessons... Are, are not discipleship. They're just the means to, by which we do discipleship. What discipleship is, is a relationship with an older believer who's gonna spend time with you one-on-one, -on -one, usually on a weekly basis, and where they get into God's word with you and they hold you accountable and they share with you what it's like to walk with the Lord on a daily basis because they've been doing it just a little longer than you. 
And then we use these lessons to help teach you more about God's word, but I'm telling you, discipleship's a big deal here at FBC. You can get discipled in, in middle school, in high school, and as an adult, and hopefully even further in, into life because discipleship is how God designed to reach the world. It really is. It's why when Christ came here, he didn't go to giant soccer stadiums and preach the gospel. He took 12 guys, and he taught them everything that he wanted to teach them. You know, Christ, if, if you were measuring Christ's ministry just by his number of followers, <laughs> it, well, you know, at his crucifixion, he only had a couple hundred. Not a, not a very, I mean, there are mega pastors nowadays who have more than that, more followers than Jesus. But you know what? Jesus invested into 12 men, and he invested more into some other people, but specifically into 12 men who then took everything Christ taught them and went to the ends of the world. That's discipleship. And so what we do is we take you with this book over a couple months, meet with you weekly, teach you the Bible, teach you about what it's like to walk with the Lord so that someday you can do the same thing with somebody else. That's called multiplication rather than addition. Multiplication, the number grows bigger, quicker, right? We get that from 2 Timothy 2.2. Paul tells his disciple Timothy that the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. He doesn't say, hey, take what I taught you and just tell anybody. No, no, no. Teach faithful men who will also be able to do the same thing. It's a, it's a discipleship process. God commands us to teach others what we have learned. But there is a condition. That faithfulness part. Paul says teach faithful men. So if by the way, you can sign up for Burn tonight out at the welcome counter if you've never done that before. We'll get in touch with you. Um, it, usually you'll have to wait a minute because there are Ignite counselors paired up with other people. If that's something you're interested in, though, and you've gotten to this point where you're serious about your walk with the Lord, we want you to take part in that. But we do want to make sure you're faithful. So we, if, you know, if this is your first week ever coming here or you know, your first week back in a couple months, you know, we're going to say, hey, we'd love for you to be in this, but let's, let's wait a little while and just make sure that you're going to be faithful, that you can handle this time on your schedule because it is a responsibility. It is something that you will be um, taking part in that's going to take time out of your schedule. So if that's something you're interested in, if that's the next step for you in your growth, we want you to do that. We want you to do that. But it doesn't stop just at discipleship. It keeps going because eventually you want to go, you'll never stop being a learner, by the way. You should continue to learn about the Lord the rest of your life. But there comes a point where you become a leader. And that's when you get to number three, lead. So Paul, let's go through the process. Salvation, sanctification, baptism, you could call that obedience. Bible study, gaining, getting meat, starting to learn more, discipleship, and then verse 20, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the son of God. That's just ministry. It's leadership. He got up and he started preaching. Listen, you don't have to be a pastor to preach the gospel. Preaching is just simply proclaiming the word of God. You know, you can do that right now, no matter where you are in the progress. But I want you to see that this lead part is, you, you don't become a leader just because you got saved. You become a leader because you grow in Christ to the point where you get to this point where you want to help others. In God's economy, leadership is a little different than in the world's economy. In, in the world's economy, a leader is somebody who is on top of other people, who tell other people what to do, and often they're served by others, they make more money than others, whatever, what have you. In God's economy, as a, le a leader is somebody who serves other people, who's influencing other people, 
because that's what Christ did when he came to the earth. He didn't come asking to be served. He came to serve others, right? I don't think that's very funny, but, you know, whatever. But Christ wants us to be servants just like he was. And so when you become to a, a leader, when you come to this point in your growth where you're serving other people, that's the goal, man. That's what we want you to get to at Ignite. Coming to Ignite not just to see what you can get or just to see who's gonna be there, but coming because you have a job to do. You have a job to serve God and to serve other people and you wanna see people come to Christ and you wanna see people grow and you wanna see people fit in. You know, at our impact meeting on Sunday, we were talking with the inreach and outreach team about the inreach ministry, and we were talking about making sure that when people come in the doors, they don't feel alone, and they feel like they're a part. You know, that's, we have kids who are doing ministry, who are serving others. Maybe you didn't even realize you were being served tonight. That's leadership. That's influence. That's the goal. To go from loving to learning all the way to the point where you're leading. And not because... You're on stage, which is a, 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 a way of leading. But being on stage doesn't equal leadership. Leadership equals influence. And you don't have to be on stage to have influence over people. It's all up to you. But it is the goal. Just because you're serving doesn't mean you're a leader. And just because you may be in a leadership aspect doesn't mean that you're done growing either because we're all supposed to continue growing in Christ. You may still have things to do on this list, but what I want to ask you as we're wrapping up tonight is can you find yourself on that list, the bullet points under the, under the numbers? Where are you at in Love, Learn, Lead? Where are you at on that list? Because it really is a path of growing, and you don't ever want to stop growing. You don't want to become stagnant in your relationship with God because that's our mission here at Ignite. It's how we accomplish the vision of sparking the hearts of students for God and his word. It's this progress it's this process, it's this path. So let me ask you this. Picture yourself in five years. How old are you? Where are you? In college, career, maybe some of you are seniors and in five years you'll actually be like 20, 22. Maybe you're a freshman and in five years you'll be just out of high school. Where are you at? College, career, are you married? Do you have kids? Do you own a house? Cars? How much debt do you have? <laughs> Where are you at in five years? You know, that's all stuff that the world thinks about. Let me ask you another question. What have you done for the Lord in five years? Have you just done the typical American dream? Went to college, got a job, got the wife, got the husband, got the car, got the house, the picket fence. But what have you done for the Lord in those five years? I want you to think about that. Because you get to a point, and trust me, I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to 30. It's scary, I know. Sorry, other counselors who are 30 or older. <laughs> but you never picture yourself being 30. Can I get an amen from the other counselors? You never picture yourself getting old, but then somehow it just happens. I'm telling you, you guys are in high school. High school sounds like it's gonna take forever. Someday you're gonna blink and you're gonna be 25 and you'll be like, what happened? <laughs> and then someday you're gonna be 30 and you'll be like, whoa, that was crazy. Don't let time go by so fast that all you ever do is focus on yourself and what you want. Because in five, ten years, what will you have done for the Lord? That is our goal in Ignite, is to set those foundational roots so that as you graduate, from, of course, in high school, you're never gonna become this crazy, mature Christian. We expect that. We know you're gonna screw up. You're, you're teenagers. You're gonna do dumb teenager things. I did dumb teenager things. We know you're gonna screw up. 
But we want to set those foundational roots so that you have the tools and the, and the necessary, the critical things that you need so that when you are an adult, you can grow and you can flourish in your walk with the Lord and you can make an impact wherever you are for the Lord. And if you're here at FBC, you'll make an impact at this body. And if you're somewhere else, across the world even, you'll make an impact wherever you are. You have one life, man. How are you gonna use that? I wanna leave you with this verse um, in James chapter four. This is a good one to think about periodically, guys. James 4, 13 and verse 14. It says, go to now. Ye say that today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get and get gain. He says, listen, you guys have these plans. I, I don't know why, but the joker just popped into my head. Those guys have plans. But you, you, we have plans. Uh, what I just said, in five years, what's your plan? Some of you know where you're gonna go to school. Some of you may already have ideas about how you wanna get married, what vocation you wanna have, what, all of this stuff, what you wanna do for a living. We have plans, just like verse 13 says. You say today or tomorrow we'll go into this city, we'll stay there a while, we'll buy and sell, we'll get stuff. But look at verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Verse 14 says, listen, while you're making plans for five years down the road, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are. We don't know what the tomorrow holds. It says, what is your life? It's even a vapor. It's like a mist that appears for a second, and then it's gone. On the grand, on the grand timeline of eternity, our little 60 to 90 year life is just a blip. It's a vapor that appears for a second, and then it's gone. Man, don't blink and it's over, and you never did anything for the Lord. If you aren't saved today, man, don't live that life, and then all of a sudden you find yourself standing before the creator of the universe, and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Don't get to that point. And if you are saved, don't go your whole life living for yourself to where you never consider what God wants you to do. Because this short 60 to 90 year life that we have is nothing in comparison to the eternity that God has planned for us. This is all just a test, man. It's like we're living in the matrix, right? There's a whole nother world out there, man, that God has in store. So start now. Don't waste your life and wish you would have done something for God. So think about what's the next step for you and your growth with the Lord. And then think about will you join us together, Ignite, as a body to make an impact on the world around us because that's what we're looking to do. Before we pray, let me just remind you that we don't have Ignite next week because we have the Certainty Conference over at FBC. So you can still come on Wednesday. We'll just be over at the other building. If you signed up for child care, make sure you're there at 6 to help out with that. Um, and then the week after that, we'll, we'll, in October, we'll get into a, a, another series. But don't, don't forget about Certainty Conference because that's a big deal. Um, you definitely want to be there. And if, if, uh, if you have Mondays and Tuesdays free, it's not just on Wednesday. Uh, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night is the uh, Sunday night as well is the conference. So you can come all four of those nights if you're free. So let's pray. God, I love you and I thank you for your word. Lord, I just pray that, uh, man, I know these guys are, they come in here and they're usually very, very respectful and they listen. And God, I just pray that it doesn't just go in one ear and out the other. I know they're teenagers. I know they're in high school. I know they, man, on Wednesday nights, they've already spent six or eight hours listening to people talk at them in school. God, I just pray that during this 40 minutes when they're listening to the word that They'd hear it, they'd understand it, and they'd just really seek to apply it to their life. 
man, this, this book is not just another book on the shelf. It's the words of God. It's the letter that you've written to us so that we can understand why you've created us, so that we can understand what you have for us. Not only to get saved, but the life that you, the abundant, joyful life that you've planned for us, that you want us to have. And so God, I just pray that they would take what they've learned and they'd seek to apply it to their life, that they'd find where they're at in that growth, that process, that progression of growth, and, and that they would just get on board here at Ignite. During, in that wherever they're at, in love or learn or lead, that they would just hop in, they would get connected, get plugged in, and just make an impact in the world around them here at Ignite with us. God, we love you. We hope you'll be praised and glorified through this last song. It's in your name that we pray, amen.